Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Okay, we got it. We got it. Are you sure? We got it. Oh my gosh. Are you sure we got it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, third time, fifth time to charm. Uh, we got, okay, we got we got Brenda here connected. Can uh, we can hear you just fine. I'm just. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to do a little introduction here, Brenda, and I'll bring you back in here. Um, thank you so much for all your patience for everyone that's been listening. Um, I do apologize. We, uh, it's, uh, anytime you go live, it's always, it's always going to be a little more difficult. Um, but, uh, we got our guest on, she's in the back. Um, Brenna Bastel, super excited, super yes. excited. Yeah. We're very happy to have her on talking about the Burr strategy. <laughs> the Burr strategy. I don't it, need to say it again, do I? We have to say it again because this is going to be the recorded version. I mean, the other ones are completely uh, uh, they're dead okay. now. So the, yeah. So if you were on the previous twenty minutes, uh, you got a little extra of Wayne rambling on <laughs> while I was on the phone with Brenda trying to get her connected. Yeah. So we're talking for buy, renovate, rent, refi, repeat, and we have Brenda here with us, who is a huge player in the Edmonton market. She has tons of rentals. She's done tons of renovations. She knows the birth strategy and she is going to lay it down for us. Yes. yes. <laughs> We're doing it. We decided, you know, we had a listener call in last week and ask about the birth strategy. And I don't like giving two minute answers. Yeah, I, I don't. It's um, as I was saying earlier, when I go and I try and learn something, whether it be on a podcast or it be on YouTube, I'm looking for something and I want an answer. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than downloading seven to eight hours worth of podcasts and not getting my answer. Mm -hmm. It's a waste of time. So this is this is going to be the best that we can give you in a crash course in the amount of time that we have um, next to, of course, obviously going and taking a course. So yeah. um, we're going to give you the as much as we can. We brought in the best. Um, super excited about this. Um, and today's giveaway, um, which I'm going to say right now because I'm going to forget um, Brenda Bastel has offered to give away one free hour of coaching. So if you have Amazing. additional questions yeah. about Burr, about renovations, about everything that Brenda does, I mean, utilize this. Yes. This is she is a wealth of knowledge. So uh how are we gonna give this away? Uh for everyone who is on the app today, um engage. Okay, you know, write us uh, uh, say hello. Uh, comment, type in, type ask in the questions. Comment. Uh, we're going to give you an opportunity to call in as well. Good morning, Al. Um, we're going to give you guys an opportunity to call in as well. Uh, you can ask your questions live. Um, take advantage of this opportunity. Um, so everyone who engages today, uh, we will add you in uh, your name in for a draw and we will draw it tomorrow morning. Okay. But so, engage beyond hello. Engage Participate beyond, in the conversation. Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's time to bring in our guests. Let's bring her in. Brenda, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm great. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Oh. I'm so excited to be talking about one of my favorite things. Yeah. Yay. Thank you for enduring all of the technical difficulties oh. as well. <laughs> things happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And thank you so much for offering to give away the the free coaching call. This is this is amazing. I I I, I want I want our our listeners to be able to to get rewarded for for coming on this early in the morning, yeah. six a.m. Right? <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, because we killed some. No big deal for me. <laughs> awesome. Uh, we killed so much time, and, and I want to make sure that we're able to get as much value in here as possible because of the limited time that we have. But um, uh, Brenda, why don't we just start off by you know maybe explaining who you are a little bit? Obviously, you're an Edmonton investor, just like us. Um, do you want to do a little introduction about who you are? Oh, sure. And what you've been doing? Okay, yeah. Uh, so I uh, play in the Edmonton market for the most part. Uh, I've been at this for about 39 years. I started when I, like that would have been 1982, I bought my first property, right by Nate. And, uh, you know, I've never looked back. I was a photographer for 30 years and I was just uh, doing real estate on the side, uh, but with slow, consistent um, action, I was able to, you know, accumulate um, some decent wealth in my life through real estate investing. So I'm super passionate about real estate investing, because I know firsthand what it can do to your life. If you look, especially if you look at, at it from a long-term um, point of view. Uh, so, you know, I have, uh, you know, over 30 properties, you know, I, I buy and sell uh, kind of all the time. And I'm, I, I try to refine things as I go. Sometimes I, uh, you know, right now I'm looking into more purpose built. So it's just kind of a yeah. new thing. I'm interested in and and that's that's kind of this business I I also suggest that people just start off uh, with one thing and really get good at it and then move on to the next because you know there's a lot of shiny balls out there yeah for sure yeah so um, you know that's that's kind of me in a nutshell I'm a passion I'm very passionate about real estate I just drive by a house that's for sale and I just can't help but look at it and go, hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's like an exciting area really to be in, I think, because not only, you know, what it can do for you, but what you can do for other people also. For sure. And I've always admired the fact that, um, you know, some people, they, they, they accumulate their wealth in real estate and, and then they just, you know, they, they go and do their own thing, but you know, you still continue to help new investors on a regular basis, just offering your wisdom and sharing your, your tips and stuff like that. So I've, I've always admired that is that, um, you're just so passionate about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And I'm um, very passionate about burrs too, cause I, I know what they can do for you. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's a, it's a great solution to one of the most, you know, um, common problems that investors have is that they only have a certain amount of money and they want to, what's the best investment? What's my best return on my investment? Mm -hmm. And Burr is just a great way to, you know, over like extend those funds and, and recycle them and, and, and leverage it as much as possible. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to get into this. In, in my early days um, when, you know, I didn't have a lot of money, but I want, I, I knew the power of leveraging and so i i wanted to have sort of as many houses as possible mm -hmm. right I'd rather have 10 houses than say one house paid off 
because I knew I'm just leveraging the bank um, and I'm leveraging my tenants, you know, that are paying me the rent. And so I, I knew that leverage, and I still know that leverage is, is what has got me to where I'm at because I was willing to, that doesn't mean I did anything crazy. I was definitely not one of these people buying with no money down and having nothing in the game. I always had some money in the game. And so my, you know, I didn't have a lot of risk happening. Some people, you know, they're doing completely risky things. You know, that was definitely not for me. I kind of played it safe. Um, but I always found a way to buy a property. And I think when, you know, the funds are limited, when maybe you're, you can't get a mortgage as easily as you did maybe in the beginning, you have to look for other ways of, of making this business work. And burrs are just a perfect example of, you know, like you say, to leverage, you know, you know your money so that it's, it's going further. Instead of putting a hundred thousand down, you're actually into it for maybe forty or fifty thousand because you have added in um, a lot of value by renovating. Yeah, and you just doubled your ROI. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> and and I'll go through sort of an example of one I did recently, just so people can sort of understand the numbers. Well, uh, do you mind actually, Brenda, if maybe we just start off with like, can you explain what BRRRR stands for and, and what it is? And then maybe we can get in, into an example afterwards. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, it's buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. So you're, you're really trying to buy an undervalued property. You're looking for a property that needs some work. Um, you know, uh, the uglier, the better. I just love these ugly dogs, right? Oh, the more they smell, the better the deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They smell like pee great. Yeah. Um, because then you know you're going to get a, you know, a good deal on it. Um, so f that's the first thing. You've got to find the properties that are undervalued. Um, then you've got to understand your reno costs. So you're, you're looking at this place. It's a dog. You know you got to do a lot of work on it. And so yeah. you have to you know, I have a spreadsheet and I lay down each expense. Do I have to put a roof on? Do I need to put it? I always have to put a kitchen in pretty much kitchen yeah. and bathrooms are a given. Um, but sometimes I don't have to put a furnace in. Sometimes I don't have to do a roof, um, which is great. Some of those big ticket items, um, you know, it adds, you know, major cost that is nice when you don't have to do them. So basically mm -hmm. you're, you have to understand your rental costs big time. You have to maybe have a realtor that's going to do a CMA for you, um, a market analysis to determine, to determine the after repaired value. So you've got this property, maybe you bought it for 250 and the after repaired value is say 400. Okay. So there you've got your numbers. Then right. you work backwards and figure out, well, how much can I spend on this property um, to be able to, first of all, pull out a lot of your money that you've invested. So if you, if you've bought a property and it's 250 and you have to put a hundred in, well, you're at 350 and if it's worth 400, well, you've got 50,000 already in, um, you know, added equity. So, mm -hmm. Those are the kind of numbers you want. You want to be able to see that, you know, you didn't overspend. You didn't do too many, you didn't spend too much on renovations. And then 
you know, you're, you're going to the next step. So you're, you're renting it out. That's kind of the whole idea. I like mm-hmm. suited houses for this method because my numbers are going to be better. And that's just my experience. I, and those I are just tried and true numbers, right? Those are just tried. Pretty much, I'm guaranteed $500 positive cash flow on all of right. these same kind of burrs that I do, right? I just know I'm buying a 1,100 square foot bungalow, putting a suite in. Okay, yeah. and so that's typically what I'm I'm buying to do a burr on because I'm not reinventing the wheel. I am doing what I already know. I already know in the end what it's going to be worth. I already know what kind of rent I can get for it. I already know my cash flow. So um, I like that because then I can just repeat it again. Um, but once you, you have it rented or prior to you having it rented, you want to get it refinanced because that's where you want to pull out um, all the money you put in. And, and again, you have to realize when you're doing a burr, you're going to have to have that finance. You're going to have to have that money to do the rentals. So that's either going to come from, if you have a line of credit, great. If you don't, yeah. you have to get private money. Um, that's what I've done in the past. I, I didn't have, I have a line of credit now, but um, in the past I've used private money and you just have to be careful that, you know, you're not at the 15%. Try to get something that's 9%, 10% um, in private money. And there's lots of that around. Um, so if you can get a mortgage on it, great. I sometimes just buy these cash because I have a line of credit. After 39 years, okay, I've built up, you know, yeah. I've got the line of credit. It's going to take you time to get that. If you're not there, doesn't matter. You can still do it. Yeah. You can still get a mortgage, maybe get a partner. If, if you're just, you go, I don't have the money. I can't get a mortgage. Then, then you have to go to the next step is, you know, finding a JV partner that you can, do this with. And I've done that in the past also, because Mm -hmm. there was a time I couldn't get a mortgage, right? There was a time I didn't have a hundred thousand like sitting in my account. So again, um, it's that mindset of I'm going to find a way to do this. Yeah. The, the, the birth strategy is, is not one of the, I'd say it's not an entry uh, strategy for most investors because, um, Typically, let's say you only had fifty thousand dollars. It's it's a little difficult to do a a, a large scale renovation like that. Like you know, a two hundred fifty thousand dollars house, adding a secondary suite, doing a full reno, yeah. and increasing. You know what I mean? Because I mean that example you gave me. I mean, what's what's the budget on that renovation? Well, that's it's going to be a hundred thousand at least one yeah one a hundred to one twenty. When you're putting in suites, that's adding you know sixty thousand to to the cost of a reno. So, but the way I, and so that's a senior is kind of a senior strategy because first of all, you got to know all about renovating. You've got to have that money, right? Because you're going to suddenly need like a whole bunch of cash to be able to do that. You've got to sit it out for, you know, three, four months till it's done and you're going to have costs. So, it isn't the kind of strategy I'd start with, that's for sure. I would just start with buy and holds. Like buy and holds by far of all the strategies is still my favorite because that's what builds up wealth. 
Mm-hmm. And flipping is not going to build up wealth. That's just income. And that's fun to do. And I do those too. But burrs for me, because you're keeping it, those are the ones. So, you know, you start with your buying holds when you get more comfortable, then you can move into the burst strategy. Maybe once you've done a few renos, um, yeah. I want to start off with that one because there's, you know, there's a lot of, um, things that can go wrong. You can spend too much. It can, it can take you too long. Maybe your numbers aren't, you know, accurate because if you've never done it, you're just not gonna, um, you're just not going to know. Yeah, and for sure. Anyone thinking of doing a bird, you know, like send me a message. I'm okay. Just uh, letting you know um, what I think about, um, you know, what your, your numbers and the type of, property you're looking at because it's also the type of property where is it at um you know and and again i think when you're new at this um i don't like to buy in you know really tough areas so because you may be challenged when you're going to rent it that doesn't mean Like I have places in Montrose, I have places on the north side. I'm talking about those really bad ones, like, you know, right down on 106th Street, right in the inner city, you know, where there's a lot of drugs going on. No, I wouldn't buy yeah. it. <laughs> um, and, you know, you can't always buy in the top areas because they're too expensive. So you have to. Well, it's where the deals are too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of my burrs have been on the north side, like kind of the strip along 137th Avenue. I tend to have done a lot right in there. And well, I'm not saying yeah. to go do that, but that's just my, you know, that's kind of what I've done. I like places 20 minutes from my house, you know, like going into Mill Woods, probably great, but it's too far for me, right? Going into Sherwood Park, that's too far for me. I want to be 20 minutes away. So when I'm driving there, I'm not, it's not taking me forever. Like right now I'm working on a, a, a property in Sherwood park that was a rent to own that they couldn't close on. So I'm renovating and every time I drive there, I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> this is major trip. like one of red deer. <laughs> well, when you're getting started out, I mean, like you, you go where the opportunities are and you do your best, but once you've established yourself, I'm the exact same way. We've got a like we're actually in the process of um, of selling off a bunch of our our rental properties because it just once you once you start building up a portfolio, you start realizing that these ones are taking up the most time, and you know you, you really you start focusing in on where you're most you know you're most you're getting your most value from, yeah. and so and yeah. That's I hear you. A, a great point, Wayne, because I think in when we're first starting out and when you're, we're in our early days, we just need to be in the market. We just need yeah. to like have taken some action and it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be the perfect, the right place. Oh my God. When I first started, I made a million mistakes, but no. I learned from those mistakes and you know, and this is the thing you're, you're learning as you go. So my thing is just get in the market. Even if you want to do a bird, Hey, you know, if you feel you've got the, the stamina for it, the guts, right, just do it. Right? 100%. It's, it, it's not going to kill you. You've got our support. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And you've got, you will learn a lot. Like when you do burrs, you definitely learn a lot. Uh, and, you know, then there's, like I did one, it's like, oh my God, took the walls out. Ah, 7,000 in, in crack repairs. Yeah, you got to be prepared for some of the things that can be surprises. Yeah. Yeah. Take, take Brenda's advice. And, and you had a really good point earlier and I wanted to go back to that just to make sure people were listening. Um, is that start off with a buy and hold, start off with maybe a smaller flip Buy uh, you know, something, just something that you can afford and get your feet wake, you know, get used to property management, get used to the buying process, you know, get used to analyzing the properties, you know, figuring out, you know, what's a good buy and what's the after repaired value going to be. Don't, just necessarily, I mean, I, we don't advise just necessarily hopping into a large scale project like this because you are going to have problems. You are going to make mistakes and it's better for it to be on, you know, uh, a, a less, you can, you can soften your, your, um, your damage if you do it on a, you know, say like a townhouse or a single family house as opposed to being, you know, $20,000 over budget or $30,000 over budget. So don't feel like just because Brenda does it or we do it or everybody else is doing these big cool things that you have to jump right into that. It's okay to, to get your feet wet and to, you know, to, to get experience first. Would you agree? Uh, and you know, um, on that note, I, uh, would agree with when you're, especially if you're first starting out, there's some people on here that, um, are a little, you know, they've already got some properties, but yeah. uh, do it on a townhouse. You, you can yeah. go out and get a townhouse for, I don't know, 150,000. Like, so your renos, maybe they're going to be 30,000 there, you know, that's doable and, and give that a shot. Like try that where, you know, you're not into it for a hundred thousand. You're into it maybe mm -hmm. 20 or 30, depending on, because townhouses um, like in the right spot can be a great long-term hold. Mm -hmm. Right. We're, we're doing and, one right now. We actually, well, we have two on the go and both of them fit the model for burrs. Yeah. Both of them. Uh, we got both of them for 130,000. One's worth 205 and the other one's worth 220. And I mean, for a burr renovation, which I want to, I want to get into the numbers of this in a second with you. I mean, we're looking at like a $30,000 renovation, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're not, and maybe I'll finish that math. If we are into it for 130 and, and you put a $30,000 renovation, that means you're into it for 160 and it's worth 200 afterwards. 80% yeah. of 200 is 160. So you're going to get all your money out. It's a perfect burr. Yeah. Right. That's a perfect And if burr. you... And if you mess up, you go a little over budget, heck, maybe you still got $5,000 into it. It's not that bad. Yeah. So, um, I mean, let's, let's talk about the uh, level of renovations for uh, mm -hmm. a burr. Are you doing the same renovation quality that you would do with a flip or same renovation quality that maybe you would do with a rental? Like what, what level of uh, renovations are you doing and what areas are you focusing on? Um. I, I would say like the level of renovation might not be quite the same as a flip. It really depends. Um, like I just did a flip in uh, Queen Mary Park. So those mm -hmm. renovations were, were probably, I would spend more on that than I would on a property that I'm going to keep to rent. But I still do really high quality rentals uh, for my burrs. Uh, because 
I'm going to have this for a long time and um, I want something that is high quality so I can attract, attract higher quality tenants. Okay. Um, so let's go into like maybe um, flooring. Uh, what kind of flooring are you putting in for a burr? Oh, well, you're keeping oh. it. So you want it, you want a rent quality, right? Yeah. So I'm putting in luxury vinyl for the most part in all of them. Right. Because that's yeah. just an easy uh, care floor and great for renters, great for people that have pets. Um, yeah. So pretty much that's what I'm using for all my burrs. And I, are you I, doing, I, I put it in my flip also. Okay. Are you doing, I, and you want to attract high quality tenants. Are you putting in the fancy fixtures that you would put in like your Queen Mary uh, renovation or uh, is it? More- yeah, it's, it's, it's more utilitarian, but okay. you know, still with some style, I don't want it. You know, one of the things I don't like is cookie cutter and it's so easy you know, to do a basement suite. Oh, I've seen that basement suite a thousand million times. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I was doing basement suites and they all look the same. Um, on the other hand, so I may change things up with tiling, um, with the bathroom, making it a little, you know, funkier. Um, you know, sometimes light fixtures. Uh, but again, I'm, I'm very conscious of the costs right? I do not want to go over budget because then I'm not able to pull out as much money. Mm. And of course, right now it's a bit more challenging because there are, uh, it's taking longer sometimes to get things and you have to be really on top of it right now because geez, appliances were hard to find. Um, Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, flooring has also gone up in price. Roofing has gone up. Like my roofing costs were higher. Um, you can't get a black roof. Um, you know, just some of these things like plumbing. Um, my plumber said, Oh, it's going to be two months to get these parts to go from the old plumbing to the new plumbing. (laughs) So, you know, you just got to be here that you, you want to be very proactive when you're, you're doing your burr just to make sure you, you know, I get my kitchen ordered like ASAP because I get them from Ikea and, oh, you know, half the time they don't have, you know, a door or the panel and then you have to go back. Now, I just use Ikea because I've always used Ikea and I have an Ikea installer and so it's just easy. Again, I'm not reinventing the wheel, right? Mm-hmm. I just usually stick to white cabinets. They're classic. Um, and I just, sometimes I'll change the knobs out. Sometimes I do two-toned, like I may do a dark bottom, white upper. Typically in the burrs, I'm really sticking to the second level doors at Ikea, which are, you know, they're not, they're not the lowest, but they're the second one up. And I've used yeah. them, that door style like forever mm-hmm. because they, it's not going to, they're not going to discontinue it. Well, I guess they could, but it's unlikely. So if I have to replace a door, which, you know, does happen, at least I can get those doors. Some of those other ones, you know, they come and they go. So you have to be careful. Yeah. Brenda, can I ask you, what do you keep in mind um, to ensure that you get the highest appraisal? Because you do want to get all of your money out or as much as you can, right? So like what kind of, um, you know, like finishes or... um, what areas Products do you focus on? Do you put in to make sure that you get that really good appraisal? Yeah. 
Well, first of all, curb appeal. You better have that curb appeal. You better have right. that yard nice. Um, and, and for the most part, you just, for me, it's just everything needs to be done. Like you need to have, um, if you can, that open kitchen and a nice bathroom. I mean, okay, bedrooms are bedrooms. Like, okay, you know, I change the windows. You know, usually I change them, not always. But, um, and, and then to get that higher appraisal, I will just pull out uh, comparables. Like if I feel like it's not going to appraise, and I'm not quite as caught up on that number as other people. Because I don't necessarily want to have the hugest mortgage either, right? right. At, at this point in my career, I don't have to worry about that 10000 Like if I have to have a mortgage a little higher, I'm okay with that. Because okay. I'm not always looking for that. But sometimes I am, right? If I have a partner, yeah. and, you know, we, we want to get, you know, as high uh, a value as possible, then you got to put the work in. You got to meet that appraiser. You've got to, you know, point out everything you've done. You, um, it helps to have your own, pull your own comps so that you can, because sometimes they're not even comparing <laughs> to yeah. well, what you're, what you have. It's like, what? They're comparing to a single family house, like, you know, in a different area. <laughs> how, how do you go about pulling your own comps? And then and, and maybe just explain what comps are just for the oh, new investors. Okay. Well, so I'm just asking my realtor, can you, um, you know, poll, say in Wellington, I knew you know, the suited houses, you know, what, what have they sold for in the last six months? And, and sometimes you have to go back a year depending on maybe there's not enough comps. And for suited houses. Yeah. But only for suited houses, because you can't, you can't compare them to a single family. There's right no real comparison. And, you know, if I have a garage and I want that other one to have a garage, I mean, they will um, make adjustments for things, but the more work you put in yourself, the better, because they're just coming up with a number, right? And if yeah. and well, often they ask me, well, what number do you, are you looking for? It, you can't always get it because if the comps aren't showing uh, that high number you've got, then you're not going to, you're not going to get an appraisal, um, based on some random number that, that you want to get. If you want to get 450, but all the comps are 420, well, and yours is just the same as theirs, um, then you're just not going to, you're not going to win that war. That That's ultimately how appraisals work, right? And that's how appraisers determine the value. Um, when an appraiser, well, the appraiser, the, the portion, uh, their role in this whole thing is is they are, appraising the value of your property for the bank. So when the bank, the bank is asking, okay, how much is it worth? And they want proof. So the appraiser is going out and they're pulling all the comparables, as Brenda mentioned, um, that have sold other properties that have sold that are comparable to yours in the last six months uh, to determine what the value of the property is. So when, when your friend sells or a neighbor sells their house for $20,000 less um, in the area, you know, that, that what that does is it, it's it's dropping the value of your property if it's similar by $20,000. Um, you know, at the same time, you know, if your neighbor sells for $50,000 over, the value of your property goes up. The market is the market. So um, the market is determined by what people are willing to pay for it. Yeah, that's totally it. Yeah. And so after a while, you start to understand 
uh, because I've done so many brewers in one area, I, I kind of understand what the ARV is going to be. And yeah, a couple of years ago, it was higher. You know, mm -hmm. now it's a little bit lower, maybe because there's a lot more of these products on the market now. Yeah. And there's more competition. But I'm still okay with that because ultimately I'm just looking for a high quality uh, property to have in my portfolio, you know, for the long term. Uh, Brenda, can you walk us through the refinance? So, um, you know, for, for people who, where this method is new to them, um, sure. you know, like what does that entail? How does that work? Uh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll just go through kind of the, the quick numbers on. Um, sure, a, yeah. Yeah. So, and I'll just keep them simple. So if you buy the property for 250 and you put in a hundred, uh, you're at 350, and you wanted to appraise at 420. So, you, and that's realistic, right? For a suited house, realistic to be 420. Um, so you you've got about your 70,000 built-in equity. You're getting a new mortgage. Uh, you're putting 20% down on on these properties, basically because they're revenue properties. So. Mm -hmm. Um, your down payment is going to be, I think, 105. Um, but because you have brought value in, you're going to get most of that back. Um, so if it appraises, if you've got, if you're in for 350 and it appraises for 420, you have 70,000 in built in equity. Uh, once you put your money down. Um, well, basically you're just going to, you're just going to bank to get it refinanced. I, I have to get commercial mortgages now. So mm -hmm. I will go to the BMO or service credit union. Um, and I have to, yeah, typically it's 20%. Sometimes it's 25 at service. Um, right. yeah. so, and again, I'm not so concerned about that, uh, because I've been in the game long enough. I'm not, you know, every dollar isn't going to kill me if I don't, um, you know, but I still like the fact that I can pull out that money. Believe me. Yeah. And pull out 50,000. Like, wow, I'm, I'm thrilled because I'm yeah. only into it for say 50,000 instead of a hundred thousand. That's that allows right. exactly. another yeah. property. And, and so it's pretty simple just, just to refinance. You're just going to the bank. You've got your appraisal. They're going to, you know, they're, they're going to finance 80% of that. And um, I don't know, most people are probably still able to get residential mortgages. So you're going to get a really great interest rate. I have to pay maybe a percentage more. But again, right. I just, look, I'm still getting my $500 positive cash flow. I'm just using that number. Sometimes it's higher, right? Some yeah. might get $700. Um, yeah. But I just use 500. If you have 10 properties and they're all, um, kicking off $500 cash flow, that's pretty good, right? That's very good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Pretty good. And also a really important point um, in the the Burr method is, um, you know, uh, the like renting it before you get that refinance. So if you can wrap up your renovation and get tenants in right away, then when they come in and do, and you're doing the refinance, they're going to take your actual rents into consideration yeah. instead of doing a market analysis and, or only taking 
50, 60, 80% of what, you know, rent may be depending who the lender is. So if you can get it tenanted before that process starts, then you're laughing because you have, you know, your top, your top rents of what, you know, you can get. Plus you, I may just, for example, get the main floor rented, right? Maybe it's going to be right sooner, but I want to get that refinance in as quick as possible. So yeah, a lot of the times my basements aren't quite rented, but you know, they're using a number that I would use anyway. I I don't, I don't, I think they're pretty good when it comes to the market rents. But again, if you're trying to get the maximum appraised value, yeah, you know, get it rented. If you can rent it for, you know, slightly higher than market, then you're laughing. Right. Absolutely. We got, um, we had a couple questions. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, we had a couple of questions that came in here earlier. I want to make sure that we're answering them. And thank you to everyone who messaged in uh, live. And and as I mentioned before, uh, the giveaway today is um, one free coaching call with Brenda Bestell. So engage, you know, uh, if you have any questions, you are more than welcome to call in. Just hit the call in button and we will have you call in and you can ask your question to myself and Gabby and Brenda. Uh, additionally, if you want to just um, type in a message in the app, uh, we will enter your name into the draw uh, for that coaching call. The first question that came up was uh, someone was asking how they can follow you, Brenda. And and I would assume just Facebook and Instagram. I'm Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Brenda Bastel. I'm all over the place. <laughs> yeah, and I, I uh, typed out the name in the app as well. So you have the spelling of her name and how to find her. I also put her Instagram tag there as well. So you can see that in the comments. Uh, another question that we had here is, is there a timeline for when you can refinance? Is it six months after owning and finishing the renovation or should you wait a year? Oh, no, you don't wait a year. No, no, no. You want to get that refinance um, within uh, six months. Ideally... Um, say your rental takes you four months, that's when you want to get the refinance in. You don't have to wait a year. I would do, do you, that ASAP. Do you see, uh, in your experience, have you seen any lenders that are requesting uh, a certain period of time, like a, 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 a waiting time before you can refinance? No, no. I, and I'm not sure why they would. It's, it's, a, you know, they understand what you're doing. Uh, and I tell them, I said, listen, I'm fixing this up um, and then I want to refinance it. So I haven't had that problem. I suppose if you if you have to lock into a one year mortgage, um, but typically they'll just blend it. If, if you go in there and let them know what you're doing um, and and say, listen, I need to refinance before the year is up. Is that going to work? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we haven't had any troubles either. But that's a good point is that um, you're probably going to be going in with um, a variable mortgage rate, because yeah. you know that you're going to be refinancing. So either that or private money. Yeah, um, or private yeah, options. Yeah, yeah. again, yeah, make sure you're factoring that in depending the, the cost of that money. The, the bank may not want to uh, put a mortgage on a property if it's in really rough shape. So you may have to go to private money. Yeah, for sure. But my experience, I, I got a mortgage on, um, uh, I think, to, I, I knew I was going to keep it. 
sometimes I don't know whether I'm flipping or I'm going to burr it. So um, if I think I might flip it, then I'm just going to try to use um, pay cash through my line of credit or through private money. And if I'm keeping it, then definitely I want to try to get a mortgage on it and then try to refinance it. What, um, how do you choose which ones you're going to keep and which ones you're going to flip yeah. to yourself? Sorry, uh, flip and flip to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes um, sometimes I think, oh, okay, I want to keep See, I did a lot in Capilano a few years ago, and then I'm like, oh, my God, I flipped them. And I thought, why didn't I keep them? <laughs> so so now I'm like, ooh, I better go in with this, uh, this strategy of, um, see, of, say, flipping. I want to flip just because I like to flip. It gives work to my brother-in-law and, you know, it, it's a good thing, uh, but I don't kid myself. It's not building my wealth. It's really bringing in some money so maybe I can buy another property. Um, but I totally prefer to keep them if I can. So, but sometimes I'm thinking I'm just going to flip. So I just did a flip and there's no suite in it, right? So I'm not going to keep that, right? Even though I like the location. Um, and it, it wasn't a place that, really suited having a suite. So that one I knew that's going to be a flip. Um, one I did kind of in Wellington, which is my typical, you know, bungalow. It was a perfect one to keep. So I knew I was going to keep that one. And so, you know, I'm, it, it just, sometimes it depends. It's, it sounds like you only do burrs uh, on properties that you can put a suite in. Uh, why is that? Yeah. Just because, um, the better cash flow for, just, for our, for our market. Yeah. Oh yeah. For Edmonton, that's not going to be the case. In, but for Edmonton, for me, you better have some cash flow because you're not going to necessarily have appreciation. So you better have cash flow. Yeah. And, it's and it's yes, one thing to, uh, I'm going to stress that you better have cash flow. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get yeah, burned. If, if you have a bunch of properties with no cash flow. Definitely. It's going to kill uh, Brenda, you. Yeah. Uh, do you think that you could leave us with any last minute thoughts or tips uh, for our listeners? Um, anything important you might want to add in there? Um, on burrs? Yeah. Well, I, I think I've probably you know, said it about burrs. It's just a great way to um, add value to a property. It's a great way to, if you want to buy another property, you can split, say you have a hundred thousand, you can split that and buy two properties. Basically. Yes. It's yes. a little more complicated yes. than that because you've got to have, <laughs> you've got to have the reno money, but yeah. again, everybody's in different situations. So, um, I, I just, I love that. I love burrs because in what it gives me in the end is a great product. It's almost like a new property because mm. I pretty much have done everything. So it's like going out and buying a, a new suited house. Exactly. That's a, that's a great point. And you also get to control the level of the renovation. So you're in charge of, of that I'm, new product, right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brenda, for coming on and, uh, and sharing all your, your tips and your, and your, oh, now we got one more question. Should we answer it? 
Sure, why not? Okay, well, two questions. Oh, shoot. Okay, we're going to answer these last two questions and then uh, that'll be it here. Um, Janet asked, the lender only was willing to give a 65% loan to value on our very first spur. Can you give me some insight as to why? And she said uh, she had it tenanted first as well. Right. Uh, so it really depends on the bank. Some banks are very conservative. I would have went to another yeah. bank for sure. Yeah. Um, some banks are, yeah, they're going to, if they tell me that, I'm like, well, forget that. Um, yeah. uh, next, I'm going to go somewhere else. Um, because they're just looking at it from, from risk. Have you done these before? You know, what is your, you know, how many properties do you already have? Uh, so, so for me being now I'm on sort of the commercial lending side, they're just looking at my whole portfolio for the most part. So it's, it's, it's always going to be 20% down. That's, that's not going to change. They may say no to me. It's like during COVID, during COVID BMO said no to me on one mortgage, um, that I had to scramble because it was COVID and they were freaking out and they, they said, no, I'm like, what? And so I had to go to the service credit union and I got that mortgage lickety split. So if anybody having a hard time with mortgages, you, you, you might consider a service credit union, you know, again, you're going to pay more, you know, their fees are higher, but yeah. I would definitely shop around. If someone is demanding that you put in 35%, that's a lot. Yeah. And then definitely. on top of that, then you've got to have all your rental money. Yeah. I'd be curious what bank that was. Yeah. There is another question here from Emmanuel. He asks, what happens if you're adding a secondary suite in an area with no comps for a secondary suite? So they got comps, but none that have a secondary suite. What does an appraiser look for? Would you be able to answer well, that? I would, I would look in areas close by because mm -hmm. you, you, again, if you're going, if you're looking at a single family versus a suited house, well, there, you know, he could add 50,000, like, you know, he can, he can adjust it, but I, I would be more apt to bring in some comps um, from a, an area close by a similar kind of house. You, you know, you can just point out, Hey, this area is very similar to this area because what I'm going to get in Wellington is, is very similar to what I'm going to get in, you know, by Londonderry, right? Yeah, like, yeah for sure. Those numbers are going to be very similar. What I'm going to get in Capilano is going to be very similar to, say, an area like Forest Heights. Um, yeah. So I don't know what area they'd have no secondary suites, but there, there are some areas for sure. So yeah, just and we had a we had a situation where um, there was secondary suites, but they were um, they were coming in really right. low, and we had a really great appraiser who actually, well, first of all, they ask you how much money it costs to build the secondary suite because they mm -hmm. can also you know take that into consideration, and then also he pulled a wild comp from like I don't know, it was like. 20 kilometers, 20 kilometers away, away. <laughs> and got us the number that we wanted. So, yeah. you know, also that's important if you're able to pick an appraiser or if you're able to meet them there, if you know, you know, you don't have the best comps or, or no comps or whatever the situation may be, meet, go meet your appraiser there. Don't just tell them to let themselves in. Go meet yeah. them, have your information ready, talk to them. Uh, they're human too. If you can have some influence on the decision, that's pretty big. So Yeah, some of them, uh, most of them have a good understanding of what the value of a, we're, we're talking about suited properties right now in Edmonton yeah. because, um, because typically the value of a house with a secondary suite um, 
is significantly more than just adding forty or fifty thousand dollars onto the bungalow next door. The bungalow next door might be worth three twenty um, renovated. Adding fifty or sixty thousand dollars onto that for a secondary suite is not accurate um, because it's, it's not worth three eighty. It's worth four seventy um, because that's what the market uh, calls for. Um, so. Um, yeah, if you talk to an appraiser, most of them know that they're worth more than just adding 50 or $60,000. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think we, I think we got to wrap her up here. Um, we saw that Janet was trying to call in, but again, we're having some more uh, technical difficulties. We'll get that sorted out and, uh, maybe you can come back and ask your question tomorrow, Janet. Um, Brenda, uh, thank you so much again for coming on and stopping by. Thank you, Brenda. Hey, thanks for asking me. It was fun. Okay. Okay. And uh, we'll draw the, we'll draw the winner tomorrow for uh, the coaching call with Brenda. All right. That was, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Lots of really good information in there. Um, Yeah. From the person who's out there doing it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The, um, the, the the live function is still killing us. It's uh, we'll we'll figure it out. This is, you know, the first couple of weeks are going to be a little tough. Um, you know, trying to work out all the kinks and stuff like that. Uh, we definitely want you guys to be calling in and asking your questions live. So uh, bear with us on that. And I'm, I apologize, Janet. I've got a large list of people here that have uh, that have commented today. Yes. Um, yeah. So really excited to give away that coaching call tomorrow. Yeah, thank you guys for interacting with us. That's what we loved about this app and why we chose it. Not only so that we can go live, but also so that we can interact with you. Having you guys call in and comment and ask questions is really what this is about. And it makes it more of a conversation instead of, you know, us just blabbering on. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for participating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's 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 probably a good idea to talk about the retreat. Um, I just looked at my calendar and, and the retreat is coming up. The next real estate investing cabinet retreat. November 5th to 7th. November 5th to 7th. Um, I do believe there is still a spot or two left. Um, I've been, I've, I've turned a couple people away. I'm not going to lie. Why? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I mean, any, anyone who's coming, I want to have a chat with them first because I don't want just anyone coming out just for, because they want to, you know, drink beers or, you know, cocoa next to the fire. Like this, this investment, this real estate investing retreat is, is the real deal. And, and who we have there impacts everybody's experience. You need to be ready to dig deep, to dive in, to look at yourself in a different way. And it, it takes, it's, it's kind of intense and we want everybody there to get the most out of it. So you need to be like ready to go and ready to make change in your life. Yeah. So if you are that person, that person that's like really wants to take your real estate investment to the next level, or like whether you're brand new or you're seasoned, um, if you're struggling with trying to figure out what do I do? How do I do it? When do I do it? You know, why am I doing it? That's what this weekend is all about. And it doesn't matter how far you are in your, in your investment career, whether you have one property or whether you have 20 properties, what we do is we spend the weekend from morning to midnight focusing in on exactly what it is that you want. And we build a plan. We build a roadmap using real estate investments in order to get you there because it's not about just being a real estate investor. Like I promise you, Brenda has a crap ton of properties, right? (laughs) It's not about the properties. It's about what it provides for you. I wish I would ask her that question when she was still on. But once you start getting into the game, you realize, you know, 
it's 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 not about collecting properties. Yeah. It's about what they provide you. That is why we collected properties and now we're trying to sell and them. Why would you have hundred properties if you only need 10, 20, 10, 20. Yeah. Right. So it's getting really clear about what you're actually going after and you know, the, the quickest way to get there and giving it the life that you want. So, you know, I like us personally, we sure as hell don't want hundred properties or 200 properties God, no. or 50 properties. Like that is not what we're going for. We have our end in mind and that's what we're working on. So, yeah. So yeah. that, that retreat, I mean, if this is, if you're, if you want to get serious about real estate investing, you want to just be more than, well, if you want to just be more than just collecting properties and you want to be intentional, that's what that weekend's all about. And we, you know, we've already announced that we have Barry McGuire coming. Um, Barry's going to be doing a presentation with Donna and about creative strategies, joint ventures. If you're talking about legal contracts, I mean, to have him, yeah. you know, to be able to go and ask him questions is, is phenomenal. We've also got another guest um, speaker to announce as well. Calvin Hexter. Is going to be coming as well, Edmonton Realtor, and he's going to be talking about you know what properties to buy, how to you know uh, how to figure out what's the right one, um, it, whether you're doing it for an investment property like a buy and hold, whether you're doing it for a flip, whether you're doing it for a burr. We're going to have the right specialists there, um, experts, so that when you do decide what strategy it is you're going to be focusing on and how you're going to do it, how many you're going to do it, you have the professionals right there to literally ask your questions. You don't yeah. have to writing your notes about, okay, on Monday, I've got to call Calvin on Tuesday. I'm going to have to book a meeting with Barry for Friday. <laughs> no, they're going to be right there. So you can literally yeah, get, like, your questions get all your questions answered, create a plan. It's uh yeah, it's, it's going to be amazing. So November 5th to November 7th, um, we get there on Friday and we stay till Sunday. Uh, if you're interested in that, just uh, send us a DM or you can email us at info at reimorningshow.com. All right. I believe that's it. Got to go get our kid ready for school. Oh, yeah. because Well, yeah, we're 12 <laughs> minutes behind now, so our kid's going to be late And for I have to be ready to leave, too. I'm going to meet some contractors. And, Where are you yeah. going? Uh, heading into this big old city. <laughs> we have, actually, we have a, a lot going on today. There's a bin being delivered for the, the new flip that's uh, getting going. They're starting demo, so we have a bin being delivered. I'm meeting some uh, contractors at our vacant rental suite. We're kind of doing a refresh. It's time for a, a painting. We're repainting the whole suite and doing some repairs. And that Is that the one thing. that the girl just moved out? Yeah, she just moved out on Friday. So it was, it's, it's great timing for, um, you know, we were due for a refresh. So yeah. getting some of that stuff done. And uh, yeah, I'm going to pick up a few things to kind of soft soft stage our flip. So uh, we didn't work it into our budget to have a full um, staging done. Right. So we're just going to kind of hit some important areas with some soft staging. So I'm going to get all that stuff over there today, ready for the pictures. And yeah, so I'll be out today. I hope you have a good day, Wayne. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm just going to be stuck in the office again, working on contracts. Yeah. But uh, it seems like I got a pretty easy day today. I might I might just relax. I well, never mind. I'm going to oh, be working very hard, honey. I'm going to be working very hard while you're out. I'm going to drag you in with me. Well, and yeah, I guess uh, I've also got um, uh, I got a session with Barry McGuire tonight, ironically. Um, Barry McGuire's uh, Facebook Live. He does one every Monday night at 5 p.m. I think tonight we're doing a session on agreement for sale versus VTB. Vendor take back. Vendor take backs and which one's better and why and, and when to use it and when not to use it. So that's pretty exciting. 
Um, so I got a session on that with uh, Barry and Sean Impey and Dan Heon. Nice. So I got that tonight as well. So I guess I'll get prepared for that. But anyways, uh, thank you so much to everyone. Thank you for your patience. And we will see you tomorrow morning. Have a great Monday. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.